Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where we're in the end game. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Bij. And I am inevitable. Well said. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, Avengers Endgame, and we're just going to go full spoilers pretty quick. But uh, let's yeah. talk, like, very broad strokes, very quickly, and then we're going to get into spoilers. So we will warn you ahead of time, I promise. Um, did you like it? I guess that's where I we did. should start. We have to stay yeah. extremely vague with this one. I liked it. I saw it twice now, and I actually think I liked it more the second time, uh, just because I was able to enjoy it without just leaning over to my wife constantly going, I'm so tense. I'm so tense. I'm so tense. And uh, But the second time, let me actually sit and enjoy it and see what was going on more, and uh, I really, really enjoyed it. That's good. I mean, I liked it a lot, too. I... Uh, there's a whole part of me that appreciates this movie as like one of the most impressive movies ever made from a production and planning standpoint just as like somebody who made video professionally for years the fact that this got made after 21 other movies and everything that they did to like bring them together in it and that's probably about all i can say about the actual production itself without giving things away is just insanely impressive like it is there's no question in my mind this is the most impressive movie that's ever been made it doesn't mean it's the best movie even though i liked it i liked it a lot um but just like from that production side man this is it's so impressive like i can't get over that yeah from a from just from a production standpoint it is by far the most it is the biggest technical achievement they've made so far honestly maybe in filmmaking just because of how everything led up to it um but in terms of being the best of the mcu i don't think it's there i love this movie but it's not at the top spot for me this is not going to be one that i pop in because it makes me happy and i want something comfortable no but like as the culmination of everything that came before it it's so well earned and it's so like deserved for what they got to do with it yeah pretty much everything about it is is earned and deserved and they they really stuck the landing on this one it's uh they pulled a carry strug on this one I don't know what that means, but okay, we'll go with it. Um, I guess the main thing would be like, if you haven't seen it and you've watched all the other ones, like go watch it. Like I can't recommend that enough. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but if you have the opportunity to watch as many of the MCU movies as you can beforehand, it is so important to know what's going on it's like you don't have to know everything but if you do there are so many nods throughout the entire movie to pretty much everything within the mcu like all of the movies get something pretty much and it's things that i would never have noticed or had really seen come to fruition if i hadn't just spent the last month watching all of them Oh, yeah. No, there are so many things to tie back into, like, every movie. It's insane. But it's, again, I just keep coming back to how impressed I am. It's just, it's so cool that they were able to do that. But that's probably as far as we go without getting into spoilers, right? Right. That should be about it because we're speaking in vagaries right now anyway. So let's let's move into spoilers so we can talk. Yes, from this point forward, full spoilers. So let's start with uh, Iron Man and Cap are done now. Like, yeah, I mean, I know that's like the end, but... But we got to start there, right? And like, I knew that this was going to happen. Like, we knew their contracts were up, or at least I knew Chris Evans was up. And he has said outside of the, you know, outside of these movies and everything, that he is done. That he is not going to be Captain America anymore. And I mean, that may change, but he was like, this is my last movie as Cap. And the fact that they wrote him out like this, it felt 
good. Like it felt earned and deserved and that he finally got to rest. It's yeah. like he got that happiness and that he earned that happiness. Like he he really, really did. Of all the characters getting everything and, and all the stuff that had happened, Cap is the one that I feel the most satisfied and fulfilled with. I mean, I knew that I figured that him and uh, Tony Stark were both going to like be done after this one. I just right. didn't know, like, would they both get killed? Would one get written out? Would they both get written out? Like what the mix there would be. And after seeing the whole thing, like I'm I'm happy with where it landed. I think it was really well done. And like, I know that they didn't have to kill Tony Stark and you probably feel differently here. But like, I thought that it worked. It worked for me. Oh, it did work. I mean, that's I do think that they could have done it better by not writing him out like that, by actually not killing him because he had a kid and i think this is the part that really stuck it to me it's like tony has done all of this and i mean i know that it was all led up to from the very beginning of him sacrificing himself to save the world i mean that is that is what he has led up to from the very beginning and so he finally got to do that and pepper told him that he could finally rest i mean i get that and it was very fulfilling and emotionally resonant but really it's that that people use death as a write-off in kind of a oh this is just how we need to uh, to get this character gone and uh, I keep going back to my uh, creative writing teachers who who said that if you have to kill off a character to get rid of them that you're not doing it right so I keep going back where I look at the things that they did for Cap and letting him go back in time letting him live out his life and really really get to experience the, the fruits of all that labor that felt better to me than Tony dying and uh, I mean I don't know I'm I'm they handled it perfectly. I mean, there's not another way to handle it. Like, it was so well done uh, for everything that they did. I just wish they hadn't killed him. I wish they had let him have the life with his kid. But I don't know. That wouldn't have been true to the character because Iron Man was always so integral to the Avengers and the Avengers Initiative and, like, everything in and around it that if they wrote him off that way, I wouldn't have believed it. It's like, it's kind of how they hint at like once once they show him that time travel might be possible and then he has that conversation with pepper where he's like i could just leave it but he can't yeah. because that's not who he is like that's what would happen if he was still alive like he would never be able to leave it he had to be killed for everybody else to like move on to the next phase of whatever's gonna happen yeah and i totally see that like i really i get it i just i don't i didn't want tony to die like i knew tony was going to be the one who probably did die that of all of them tony was the most likely to die and uh, uh so i it didn't surprise me at all uh kind of surprised me how he died though i didn't expect him to actually use the stones like i expected him to die somehow differently but uh but it was yeah it, it was done well and i cried oh both times i've seen this movie i've cried oh man i mean mm. i only saw it once but like that one-liner that he gives right before he snaps it was just uh, it was perfect like i i knew as soon as there was a pause there i was like oh okay i see what they're doing <laughs> But yep. it was it was still just like it felt so good. I loved it. It did. I mean, and it was, you know, that one was telegraphed from a mile away. But it's like, yeah, you see that happen and or you hear it. And it's like, yep, that's that's the only thing you could have said right there. Yeah. But I mean, they both felt so like earned and it just I don't know. It, it was this huge payoff. And I I loved it. Like it was fantastic after all of those movies leading up to it. It was it was just. And I don't know, I think I felt a lot more about this because of seeing all of them. And uh, really, it felt seeing the entire thing 
go over. It's like there were there were things that happened with the the way that they wrote those out and the way that they had characters interacting with them as they were written out that I would not have picked up on if it hadn't been for uh, for watching all of them. Yeah, so it it's was just. Sweet. It was Man, I, all I of it. It was just so good. Okay, let's jump a little earlier in the movie. Like, there was time travel. Like, we should probably right. talk about that. There hasn't been any time travel in the MCU, and it was here. I basically expected it to be here because I didn't know how else they would do the story that they were kind of hinting at. Um, did it work for you? I was hoping they wouldn't do time travel. Like, I don't like time travel stories in general because they're so poorly handled most of the time. And I'm not even one of the people who uh, who gets all up in arms about time travel not making sense. Like, I can enjoy a time travel movie. It's just if there are other ways to do it, I'm like, there are more interesting things than time travel. But the way that they did this, the way that they went back through the previous movies and let us see them from a different angle that worked so well for me to be able to see just everything as it was as it was and then it like it felt it honestly truly felt like we were watching that other movie and it's like i don't understand how they got it so perfect in feel and tone I just, I don't know, with time travel, I love a good time travel story. The ones that you hate that like twist themselves in knots trying to think of the philosophy and the consequences and the physics and like the cause and effect behind everything. I will eat that kind of thing up when it's done well. And I thought that we would be going into a time travel movie that would have to deal with all of that. And it wasn't. They basically said like, oh, no, that's not how time travel works. That's just like that's in the movies. We're not going to do that. So they just got to ignore all the consequences. So really, in my mind, it wasn't time travel as much. It was like them visiting alternate realities. And once I got over that hurdle, I was fine because I could be like, "Okay, I can buy into this. I see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I I totally I totally get that. Like time travel is just not my thing, but they handled it so well. And when they did it with, um, oh, uh, the ancient one, it, when they had her explain the the timeline with it just going in a straight line, have, pulling an infinity stone out, like that, that like solidified that it's like, okay, look, this is how we're doing it. Yes. And so I really appreciated them giving a visual for it because uh, so many times, like with like the end of Lost or anything like that, where it's like, we say this, but people still keep like, well, that's not how, you know, that's not how it works. And it's like, no, here, here we're telling you. And look, here's a picture. We literally drew you a picture of how this works. You see how it's one line? It's one line. They needed to do that because like up until that point, I was still like, wait, are there going to be paradoxes? Is it going to be the kind of time travel that affects other things later and it gets twisted on itself? Because I was ready to buy in for that movie, but like I wasn't sure until that moment. And then I kind of went, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Uh, I can drop all those other thoughts and just focus on like they're just going to like go a bunch of places without consequences. See, and for me, when they did that, it was like the same thing, but I never expected it. Once a movie tells me something, I'm bought in because those are the rules of the universe. Oh, OK. Yeah, I could see that, too. Um, So time travel, I guess it kind of worked for both of us, even though it wasn't exactly what either of us expected. And there were so much in this movie that we're not even going to try to go like beat by beat. I just wanted to call out a bunch of things that I thought were interesting. So the cap v cap fight. I loved that moment. Oh, that was so that was just about perfect. Like all of it together was just putting because there were two different caps there and you could tell that they were different caps. I mean, he acts so much differently toward the end of the MCU than he did at the beginning. And they did such a good job of writing that. 
like the I can do this all day. And then Cav's like, yeah, yeah, I know because he said that. <laughs> and it's just like he's been through all of this. And he's like, there are more important things. He was like, look, kid, this is this isn't the hill to die on. It's uh, I just I just loved how they put that scene together. It was so funny. Like, I didn't expect that. And I should have knowing that they were going to like see past selves and stuff like it just caught yeah. me totally by surprise, but it, it completely worked for me. And that along with the elevator scene. Oh, yeah. With the same thing that led up to that, where it was that almost a shot for shot uh, recreation of the Winter Soldier scene that everybody uh, lost their minds over. And it's still one of the best scenes in the movie. I mean, I love Winter Soldier. And so when they ended it with him saying Hail Hydra, it was just a callback to everything it was like to the to the ridiculous cap uh being a hydra agent that went on uh last year or the year before um just everything with uh letting him showing that he's grown from that like he could have beaten all of those people but he didn't have to because he was smarter now it's just everything what was so just meticulously put together in this yeah I mean, there was so much in the movie that just trusted the audience and that's one yeah. of those things that will buy so much goodwill from me specifically is when you don't handhold the audience, when you just like trust the audience to figure it out and put the things together, you don't have to spell everything out. I caught so many subtle references and direct references and everything in between throughout the course of the movie. And it just felt glorious. Like it was fantastic. Yeah, just I don't even I can't even think of all of them or really right now off the top of my head just any of them honestly uh that are just those fan service uh moments like that i don't know like what are some that you had in mind because now i'm well, blanking after you said that down. like the other main ones that i liked were like avengers assemble like that moment yeah. was it's been hinted at from the very first avengers movie and it's never happened and it finally happened and it was like okay like you earned that you worked for 21 movies this is 22 sure you can say it now yeah and i'm actually i was so amazed that he never said it in the first one that like i figured that was just kind of one of those givens and so when he said it in this one i was like yeah you know what yeah avengers assemble it was and then like well, in that, that whole scene moment, like the whole build up to it where they are like on the back foot they're close to losing and then the portals start to open and then just like everything comes out from like every movie every hero every side character they're just like all there it was it was like overwhelming it was and there are things i know that i've missed in that because there's so many of them where like you see i don't know if you paid attention i um i'm i love ragnarok so much that whenever i saw uh korg and meek come out it's like meek has his knives for hands again and at the beginning of the movie when he was uh in fat thor's house like he was just sitting there on the couch uh, playing Fortnite with uh, with Korg, but he didn't have his knives for hands. And then when it's time to fight, he still had his knife for hand suit. And uh, just little things like that that I loved. Also, having Korg playing Fortnite was one of the best things that uh, they could have done and have Thor yell at Noob Master 69 on, uh, on Xbox. Like, I just, <laughs> everything. I don't know if it was Xbox. I actually didn't pay attention to what uh, platform it was on. But, uh, but like, it was, like, that was one of my favorite parts of the movies is because every person listening to this has had that moment with somebody on the internet. I don't know why I pronounced it like that, the internet. Uh, <laughs> but, but still, uh, no, some, I get what you're saying. And it's like, Thor, the kid's back again. It's like that was just perfect. 
like how he just got so mad protecting his buddy like thor was still there to protect his buddy from noob master 69 instead of thanos thanos oh my god i'm pronouncing everything wrong yeah you and i have both had a day nobody else knows this because i edit things but we started the podcast like four different times because it was a it was a rough start guys um the other thing one of the other things that I wanted to call it specifically <laughs> was uh, Cap with the hammer. Like that oh, was yeah. one of my absolute favorite moments of the film. It was okay. So that was absolutely one of the best moments in the film. Like I loved it. I was so happy with it. Like I screamed. Like that was one of those uh, those big like ha ha moments in the theater. And the opening night, what everybody was like screaming and clapping and laughing. It was so full of energy and life that I didn't even feel bad about it. And uh, it was just wonderful and then like he kept fighting with it and he got the lightning powers from it because it was shall hold the power of Thor yes, not exactly. just can wield this hammer and then uh, I, I'm, I'm sad about one thing though because at the very end when Cap is going back in time to return all the, the Infinity Stones which you come back to that because I have an issue with it still that I need you to try to explain um, he's got the hammer with him and he's putting it back in, uh, he's taking it back in time with him. Until I saw it the second time, actually through the second time, I was like, that man just stole Thor's hammer. It was like, Thor wants the big one, so he let him have the little one. I was like, Cap is taking Thor's hammer back in time with him. And then I realized, then then Jennifer or my sister-in-law or somebody told me, he's like, yeah, he's putting it back when he puts the stone back. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I oh, thought too. Oh man, I wanted Captain America to steal that hammer. No, like he was like, I like this, and so he just takes it with him. That's funny. No, okay, I I understood what they were going for, but yeah, that would have been hilarious if you just took it in one way. And okay, so with that, I want to ask you because you you actually might be able to explain this in ways that that I've been not had anybody be able to really figure out on this one. So they gave Cap all the stones to put back. How does he get a spaceship to put the ones back that are in outer space? I don't know. He has control over all time and space and everything because he has the stones. So he can just I mean, he's not going to use the stones. I he's don't Captain know. America. He would use the That's stones to like, put the stones back or something. They bent a lot of the rules that they had established earlier in the movies. Like the fact to make that... It- yeah i mean you know how much they like guardians of the galaxy the first one the power stone alone like no one person Mm. could hold it you know and that kind of stuff it just yeah yeah you know what i mean and and so so there's that and also so so talking about just bending their own rules and stuff like that so now the primary mcu timeline has zero infinity stones like there are none in that reality and so apparently Everything is going to be destroyed now because the ancient one told how horrible it would be if even one didn't exist. And then all of a sudden, six of them don't exist. And oh, I like, would completely oh, no. believe that them destroying the Infinity Stones and not having them like in their reality anymore, that that contributes to whatever the next epic arc is. And it, it would, that would take a while to pay off. But like whatever the next thing is. I I would love if they tied it back to this, basically, because it would give a continuation. You know, even though it's like a new saga, it would still tie it together really nicely. I'm really hoping that the next one, though, is tied back in. I mean, obviously, we're going to have the fallout from this. You don't lose half the living creatures in the universe uh, and just like go like Spider-Man did go to high school the next day. (laughs) I mean, it's uh, you don't just go about your daily life immediately. And so I hope we get to see a lot of fallout from this and how people are dealing with it. Like we saw Cap taking over 
over the uh, the veteran support group with uh, where Sam got dusted, and and so Cap was fulfilling that role still and uh, doing that work, doing the good work. And so I want to see more personal stories in in the uh, phase four as it comes, where uh, like pulling in and seeing more of the Ant Man and uh, uh, Spider Man style, like smaller stories, and honestly, Black Panther. These individual people and character centric stories are the ones that I'm really looking forward to. Well, they came out and said that Phase 4 doesn't actually start with the next movie. That no, Spider-Man is the end of Phase 3. So I'm kind of expecting that some of that happens with Spider-Man Far From Home this year. It's out in like July. It's not even that long, right? Yeah, it's not long for it at all. And I'm really curious on what they're going to do with it, especially now that they're able to show more in the trailers. I expect we get a trailer soon uh, expanding on it. And uh, I, I'm wondering about the whole Mysterio thing. We're going to have uh obviously leading up to the sinister six it was in the the credits of showing that uh uh matt gar max gargan gargan was a scorpion putting things together and uh now i've got mysterio coming out and i expect us to see a lot more after the credits of that what's coming up and i'm really hoping it's not cosmic i don't want it to be galactus (laughs) I I think that they'll go back to Cosmic, uh, but it might not be directly. So I my suspicion oh, is... Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just not directly. I don't yeah. want it to be a, let's go from Thanos to, to Galactus and uh, have a Spider-Man far from home in between. No, I think that as much as like in this first saga, like the Infinity Stone saga... Um, Captain America kind of was the through line for everything like on Earth and like boots on the ground type of thing, bringing the heroes together, the Avengers. He was kind of like the lens that we saw that through and he moved so many things forward, even in his own movies that weren't the Avengers movies. And then Guardians of the Galaxy were kind of Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor were kind of that for the cosmic scale. You know, they move things Mm -hmm. forward there. I think that as we get into this next phase, what's going to happen is it's going to be Spider-Man will be the boots on the ground, the Earth based hero that we see all that stuff through instead of captain so. america and i i really suspect that dr strange is going to be the cosmic level one yeah i could totally see it because i like dr strange after watching all of them and seeing dr strange again because i've only now seen it twice like i never went back and watched dr strange after it came out on video and uh i or on streaming now because i'm 95 years old and say on video and uh it once we were able to watch it, I never did. And so seeing it, I like him so much better in other people's movies. Like, I don't like because that was the origin story. It's like now that he's used to being Doctor Strange, I love that character. I'm really hoping that that next movie has that same kind of sense of humor that he's had in all the other ones uh, now that he's used to doing all of this as Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, I would hope so. I think a lot of that just suffers from it being an origin story. Um, But, I mean, I guess one of the through lines through the whole movie, you know, without having like a ton of other specific moments that I wanted to call out, I think we hit most of the ones that I wanted to, even though I know you have a couple others, but there was just like so much character payoff in this, the whole movie. It was like everybody was coming to their character arc conclusions in one way or another, you know, and there are heroes that will continue on, you know, like we know Black Panther, we know um, Spider-Man, but I think a lot of them have had their whole character arc now so they can just be background characters not even background but you know the ones that like make an appearance in somebody else's movie or they show up for like cameo appearances here and there they don't necessarily need their own movie anymore they're kind of done like we've seen what they have to offer and 
I'm okay with that. But because there was so much of that, the movie was so dense in a really good way, in the kind of way that I love. Like, it works for the way that I watch things. And I don't think they could have told this in less time than they took. I mean, it was a three-hour movie. I didn't feel like they wasted any of it. I don't feel like they wasted any of it. And there were even parts of this that were rushed because of it. That uh, it was was not as messy as... It was still messy. There were parts of it that were messy, and that is impossible to avoid with a movie of this scale. Uh, It was still magnificently directed and it was not as messy as say Ultron or anything like that because they're they've learned how because of the mistakes of Ultron uh, to be able to put stuff in together with this it or put things together like this but um, I'm I'm just I don't think they could have done it any any quicker at all like not actually pulled off everything they did yeah I don't know it was so good it was just such a good movie so many character moments and so much everything like i can't even process i really do need to see it again um but you You had a couple other moments around captain marvel that you want to mention right like okay so captain marvel watching that movie i i'd already been a fan of carol danvers from the comics and i mean i don't know a lot lot about her but everything i've read recently i really really like carol and so going into that movie i loved the captain marvel movie saw it twice that weekend and i'm just like i really love brie larson as uh carol danvers and so we see it at the end of captain marvel her coming in you see that character like you know Where's Fury? All this. And then you go in on this one and you see the the early stuff, the initial stuff that uh, takes like 15 minutes for them to kill Thanos. And uh, which is great. We haven't even touched on all of that. But um, like she delivers lines so well. And it's like Peter Parker, like Spider-Man. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, I don't know if you know how much I like Spider-Man. But um when he came back, like he was flipping through the air, getting the gauntlet and everything. Every time he came up on a new person, he introduced himself. That's like, funny. No, I didn't Val- notice that. But I- Valkyrie grabbed him and he was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. How you? And then when he got knocked onto the ground, like Carol came over. He was like, hey, I'm Peter Parker. And she's like, hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? And it's just like, it's perfect like those kind of things are so perfectly in character that it's just like you know who they are by those couple of lines and oh, it's man. like then instant you see kill her mode was awesome sorry i just thought of that like i oh no instant kill moment. mode was great yeah because, because that was another one of those kind of throwbacks yeah it was a callback like if you don't if you hadn't seen that movie or if you didn't remember it i mean he accidentally when he finally takes off like the kitty protocol whatever it's called the uh training wheels training wheels yeah um the, he accidentally puts the suit into instant kill mode for a couple seconds and then he immediately goes no 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 not instant kill mode and it like goes off but it's it, the eyes go red and to have it call back to that in the middle of a giant fight in the avengers where he just goes instant kill mode on and it just does it was so cool yep. and it starts using the iron spider suit like yes. actually well the way that using the arms like it was just great and and like that was one of the best callbacks to me is because i just i just love they actually got to use instant kill mode because spider-man would never otherwise use instant kill mode unless it was absolutely necessary and uh like and then, like, going back to Captain Marvel, like, she took a headbutt from Thanos. Like, she didn't flinch. Like, he was so surprised 
when when she didn't move uh and she has her new haircut and like she's punching spaceships to death again and it's just like everything that i love about captain marvel they did but she wasn't in it nearly as much as i would have liked but then her movie was still having to be planned and all this and it was so it's you know stuff outside of that and this was about the original avengers anyway and ending them and sending them off um she was awesome and i think that she was used very well and I don't hold anything against them that they did in this movie. It just makes me worried for the next Captain Marvel movie because they might run into the Superman problem where I stop caring because there's no real stakes for that hero. I don't think they're going to. And I thought about this. I thought about it because they, they established that she was so powerful. And the reason I don't think that Marvel will do this is because of how they handled all of the personal things in the in the origin story in Captain Marvel, the movie, that I don't think they will get into that because even with all of her power now that they have already established her as a human being and as a person and having feelings and the relationships so I think that it's going to be able to draw more from that rather than yeah you know she's going to be able to go binary and blow up anything that comes by but what happens if you know if Goose dies or whatever. I mean, Goose is yeah, okay, that's flirting, a good point. But, but which is something they don't do with Superman nearly enough in the comics, at least to be able to avoid that whole Superman thing. Because when you, when you get to the point where they're too powerful, that things stop being fun. That's when you have to figure out what would actually matter to that person. And like Batman did, Batman figured it out during hush. He had Catwoman throw, Lois Lane off a building. It was like, you can kill me or save her. Which one is it going to be? And uh, it's like, those are the stories. Those are the kinds of stakes that matter to those kinds of characters. And uh, like, I just, I just love it. And they, they let Wanda have a time like have her, her go at Thanos. Like, I just love how, how they had her basically just ripping him apart. And the only way that he could stop it was by like blowing up his entire army too. Yeah, no, that was, that felt good also. Like she got her moment. There was, there was so much like power on the field that they had to have yeah. a couple of those moments, but I thought they did really well with all of them. They did. And they never made Thanos seem, uh, overpowered i mean obviously he's overpowered compared to everybody else but it wasn't ever a a thing of like oh no he's going to kill my favorite he's gonna kill my favorite hero here it's like okay now they're gonna be able to duke it out for a little bit before somebody else takes over it's it was it was very very good but like we haven't even touched on like the first 15 minutes of the show they start this movie we had nothing from the trailers that were outside of this initial like shot except for a couple of action shots and the best part about them finding Thanos so early, and I mean, Thor cutting his head off and all of this, Thanos is wearing a t-shirt. Jennifer pointed out that Thanos is just walking around harvesting fruit in a t-shirt. Yeah. It's just like, I, did, I, I wouldn't have noticed that. But now that she pointed it out to me, I'm like, that's the best thing about this movie. Just having Thanos in a t-shirt. It's like, all right, I like that. And Jennifer yelled from the other room just now, and knowing that he must, that he had to have snapped it into existence because he wouldn't have had it under all that armor <laughs> or on that planet. So yes. you have to think that Thanos is like, you know what I want right now? I could do anything. I'm going to make this raggedy t-shirt. Yeah, when, uh, when they were like, let's go get him, I was like, oh, okay, I know how the next 10 minutes are going to go. Like, I knew exactly what they were going to do, and they were going to do a time jump, but they did it really well. Like, it worked. The yep. Honestly, I didn't, like, I know a lot of people were like, oh, it's a tearjerker. I cried a lot. I know you did, but you're a crier in movies, so that, I am, that happens. I am, a, I am a movie crier. Um, the only part that, like, 
emotionally devastated me, honestly, was the first five minutes of the movie. Like, as soon as I saw that bow and arrow being held by, um, like, his daughter's hand, I knew exactly Mm. what I was in for for the next five minutes. And I just, like, I almost couldn't watch it because it was just so brutal as a parent to, like, know that that's coming and not be able to do anything about it. That was the worst part of the movie. Like, the... The worst part emotionally for me was right. the first five minutes. Everything after that felt so inconsequential compared to it because, like, that's a terrifying thought as a parent. For me, like, I see that. Like, that scene didn't really affect me that much. Yes, the idea of having my wife just just disappear while we're having a, a picnic or a cookout, yeah, that would be devastating. But since I don't have kids, it's like everything like that. Like, I could not feel that. Like, you and so many other people have said, like, that destroyed you inside. And so, but for me, it was the mom and dad scenes that Thor and Tony had. That was what destroyed me. Like, both times. It was just just a punch in the gut for Thor being able to go back and hug his mom one more time and for Tony to actually interact with his dad as an adult and hug him and tell him thank you. It's like I'm getting I'm getting teary eyed just saying this because of having lost both of my parents. That's like the one thing everybody who's lost parents has said. I just want to be able to see them one more time and tell them thank you and hug them. And it's like, Tony got to do that. And it's like, really, it just like I'm I got goosebumps right now thinking about it because because that that so emotionally affected me and they were so well written and well well directed that it never came off trite it never came off as kind of fan servicey kind of oh look they're getting to see their parents and they're about to die it's like no it was truly emotional moments and that really affected me like the hawkeye hawkeye scenes did for you yeah so we both got emotional devastation in different ways it's true just different points in the movie yeah okay i think I think that's most of what we had for like the main topic. I have one more thought that I want to cover, but first let's do a quick uh, mid-episode break, even though we're not doing geekery this week. But um, the geeky offer of the week, Patreon, like normal. You can always go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast uh, support us help us pay hosting costs and just be a generally awesome human being by going to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast around the network this week joe is finally back joe and ray are back with geektitude joe's hand is healed enough that he's editing again so some of the episodes that are coming out are from a while ago and some of them are more recent but they're catching up and it was so so good to see that episode hit my feed yesterday i was so happy about that um, yeah, i was so excited and surprised when it did i was like oh my god Geekitude's back. Yeah, they're back. And he is permanently slightly cyborg. He said he has a metal plate in his hand forever now. So we yep. wish him well with his new metal plate. Um, the They covered Captain Marvel. So um, it was really interesting to hear right after like seeing Endgame, too. That was cool. Um, tea time with Katie and Chelsea. They had Rob on to do Endgame prep like last week. And then this week, I saw it hit the feed also that they did an Endgame episode, but I haven't listened to anybody's Endgame episode because I wanted to have this recording first. So I'm going to start listening to those tonight. And didn't they do a Captain Marvel episode as well, or am I thinking of Geektitude? It was... Um, they did... Yeah, they did one. It was a couple weeks ago. It wasn't this week, though. I thought they may have put one out with Geektitude. No. No. It was no, a few I'm weeks just, ago. I look back at the feed. Yep, I messed it up. That's okay. Um, And then... Rob is back, kind of. He relaunched the comic box as not the comics box. He relaunched it as 
and sometimes Rob. So he's going to sometimes randomly put a podcast episode in that feed. So if you're still subscribed like I am, you got the awesome surprise last night, as of when I'm recording this, um, that an episode showed up in his feed. And it was him and his wife talking about Avengers Endgame, which again, I haven't listened to yet because I wanted to record this episode first. But that is going to be on the network from now on, sometimes randomly. No promises to the release schedule, but sometimes Rob will just show up in your podcatcher. So you should absolutely subscribe. Um, And then also around the network, Capsule J, as always, is streaming Tuesdays from 8 to 11 Eastern and sometimes on Thursdays and weekends. Uh, Troidal is streaming on Thursdays and then sometimes randomly after dinner. And then what did we have this week for the Geekery? Uh, For the Geekery, you can go to geek2geekmedia.com slash geekery and see any of the original content that we put up. And this week on Dragon Quest Austin, uh, he's talking about Dragon Quest again. He is working through all of the Dragon Quest games and is currently talking about Chapter 2 of Dragon Quest 4. It's the third part in the series i believe and then uh, on the 13th story bobby is actually talking about is it a party or a battle genre conventions in smash brothers it's uh really interesting to look at uh he 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 always has interesting ideas and takes on video games sweet um so the last thing that i wanted to talk about really quick here before we wrap up is well okay Here's your other spoiler warning. I want to talk about Game of Thrones. I want to talk about the one that just came out two days ago. So if you have not seen Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 3, I'm going to tie it back to Avengers Endgame right now. But don't listen to the rest of this episode. Pause this and come back later. That's your spoiler warning. Um, there is no geekery after this. There's no so geekery this is on it. purpose. So, yep. yep. Okay. The Avengers Endgame was so good that it made this week's Game of Thrones episode, which was The Long Night, it's the one with the giant battle of Winterfell, if you're listening to this in the future and you're way beyond spoilers, um, where they kill the Night King, it made this episode feel so much less epic than it should have. It was like a major story climax, but after seeing Avengers Endgame, it did not have the impact that I thought it would. No, and I don't know if it was necessarily... See, see, and I've written, written all of my notes here, but I don't know if it's because of endgame being out and having that do the do the epic like conclusion to to this 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 long series or if it's because game of thrones has desensitized us so much that it's just like yep that happened yeah and it, i mean there were character deaths but it wasn't anyone that was super major and i thought there would be more of that but also they killed the night king and like game of thrones is one of those things where you're supposed to expect one thing and then have everything be twisted on you at the last second and the opposite thing happens so and that's been happening for seasons though since they got off of george R. R. martin and they've been riding it themselves right and that's like that's a whole Discussion. Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. Like, I right. agree with that, but I think that the core of it is like it was this giant epic battle, and they had been leading up to this confrontation with the Night King and the Night King's army for eight seasons now, and they had it, and they defeated him, and it it was really cool, and it was like I appreciated it, and I liked the character moments that were there, and like it as a production is just as impressive to me as Endgame, but in very different ways. Like it was a yes. super. I mean, it's a TV show. It's different than a film. But, like, the TV production aspect of that, like, my heart was just geeking out about that fact that they made it to this point and they were able to do a 55-day shoot to, like, get this battle on film. Like, it was just, Mm -hmm. it's incredible. With 750 um, people on set the whole time. Yeah, it was amazing. But 
it just, it lost some of that impact. And I can't help but think that a little bit of that, at least, if not a lot of it, is because I just saw Avengers Endgame three days before it. Yeah, and uh, it may be, like, I don't, to me, it was more of just how things happened in the episode, I think, because I think it would have, like, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I loved this episode of Game of Thrones, but I think I'm being very cynical about it, probably because, like you said, we just saw Endgame and had the, uh, had the win knocked out of us and uh, we're emotionally devastated uh, already and then the editing for the game of thrones episode was super messy and it was really dark and it was like it never felt like the stakes were as high as they actually were it's like i knew somebody was gonna die i knew people i liked were gonna die and i was fairly certain they were gonna kill the night king uh in it like if they didn't kill the night king then the show was gonna go somewhere different than i expected it to and so i like how they killed the night king like it was a good scene i'm glad that aria did it and like they had been leading up to that with her character for so long like they they foreshadowed melisandre and all of it at the end throughout the entire episode of people fulfilling purposes and da 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 like they laid it all out and it was well done but it never had that kind of impact like we wanted and it may be like you said because of endgame emotionally wrecking us well part of it is with endgame i went into it expecting some of it like i knew i I figured that there would be time travel and i figured that um captain america and iron man were not going to make it out the other side one way or another right. i thought they might be both written off or there might be a mix of death and written off and even going in knowing that there was so much in the movie that surprised me and that was amazing and yeah. game of thrones going into this episode of game of thrones i didn't feel surprised very much about much of no. any of it like i kept waiting for there to be something that i couldn't see ahead of time and it didn't really happen you know yeah, I know. I mean, they 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 telegraphed almost everything in there. I will say though, I heard the directors talk about it. Like I saw a quote from the directors saying that this was a survival horror episode of Game of Thrones. And when Arya was in the in the library with all of the the dead around her, I was like, yeah, this is absolutely a survival horror episode. Like this is like watching Resident Evil uh, medieval. Like it was. Uh, resident medieval huh? <laughs> and i, I don't want to like disparage the episode because it was an amazing episode of tv it's just it was that great it was blunted because of its release date and nothing like if that was in two weeks or if it had been two weeks ago i feel like it would have hit so much harder and i had even come in watching all three episodes up to this point like i watched i watched endgame on thursday night when it came out i watched game of thrones season or season eight episodes one and two Friday night. I went to see Endgame again on Saturday and then watched uh, the Battle of Winterfell on on Sunday night when it came on. And it's like, so this is where I was. Like I was in Game of Thrones right then, but and I loved it. I, I, I like I said in my notes here, it's like I didn't turn away from the TV. Like I was sitting up and engaged during this episode. But it's like I, then I got on Twitter the next morning and I see people talking about it being the greatest episode of TV that's ever been made. And I'm like, you and I have seen different TV shows. It was like, this was a good episode. It was like, I liked this episode. But you, to say this was the greatest piece of television ever created is overhyping it and and looking beyond 
looking beyond it critically to where that is simply a fan reaction rather than an objective one. <laughs> well, they have three more episodes to pay off our eight seasons of investment. So we'll see what happens. Right. We're only halfway through the season. Um, but and yeah, I'm I, excited I couldn't, for that. Like when we're in the middle of such a spoiler heavy episode, I couldn't not say that because I really do think there's a correlation there between those release dates and how much it affected people. And I will honestly say that I think that that discussion solely on the third episode of season eight is better than the entire Game of Thrones episode that we did in season one. I agree. Uh, that's probably it for this week. Uh, we will have probably a shorter main topic next week and then uh, extra long week of geekery just because we're not doing it this week because we know some people won't listen to this episode because they haven't seen shows yet. Um, but you can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we also have great discussions on Slack and Discord. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links, and you can hang out with us and then see all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beige. That's Beige with two E's, and I blog at different places at different times. <laughs> We've been Void and Beige with your geek2geek podcast that'll do it for this week see you next week geeks Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch.